Hello and welcome to Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. Beat My Guest is the trivia podcast where in each episode, one guest takes up residence in the torturous hot seat and attempts to prove that their Mensa membership was no fluke. The rules? Well, they do tend to change from time to time in order to keep my guests on their toes. But for the current version of the game, the rules are about as simple as they can get. Only one question will be asked. Only one answer will be required. Get it right, and you win all the glory. Get it wrong, and you win all the shame. So, welcome to a podcast that is guaranteed, much like our theme song, to be about 75% true, and join the millions of people who are playing along at home, hoping that they too can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So let's give a warm welcome back in the hot seat to Mr. Dan Felsenhell. Dan, how are you, sir? I am awesome, AJ. I'm having the time of my life so far. Because we haven't started the game yet. <laughs> well, you know, you've never felt like this before. And I swear it's the truth that the truth will be very important in this game. Uh, before we get on to all the intricacies and whatnot involved with the singular question that will be before you, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to those who may not have heard uh, who you are before, uh, and maybe even, you know, offer up something about yourself that when people hear it, they don't believe you're telling the truth. Oh, hmm, interesting. <laughs> you're putting me on, really putting me in the hot seat now. Uh, I'm Dan Felsenheld. I live outside of uh, our nation's capital in uh, Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Uh, I'm originally from the great state of New Jersey, where AJ is sitting right now, I believe. Indeed. <laughs> Let's see. Something about myself they wouldn't believe is true. Well, I once, uh, I once did a simulated spacewalk. Do go on. <laughs> <laughs> so my company sent me to space camp in Huntsville, Alabama for some training. And we got to uh, do play uh, astronaut and uh, do some simulated. I got to do a simulated spacewalk. And during the thing, they told me they told me I'd hit my head. So they put this big bandage on me and said that I had to like <laughs> I was running out of air or something like that, and I had to go back inside the, the fake shuttle and all that. So yeah, fascinating. That uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, you and Lance Bass, the only people I know who have been <laughs> to space camp. <laughs> Not that I know Lance Fast, but at least I know who he is. <laughs> there, there was also an alien. There was also a uh, some kind of uh, convention of people who had been abducted, abducted by aliens at the hotel at the same hotel while we were there for space camp. So that was. Oh, so it was just nothing but people pretending they'd been to space. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, welcome back to the hot seat. Uh, welcome back. You are the uh, fourth and final guinea pig of people who are attempting this new format without having first heard uh, said format. So uh, thank you for agreeing to do that. Uh, basically, uh, what we're doing in this new format is, as I've said, only one question is going to be on the table here. And uh, at the end of the episode, I will ask you for your answer to that question. And Dan, it's very simple. Every week, that question is going to be exactly the same. Uh, it's going to be which one of the four facts that I'm about to present to you is not true. Uh, three of them, absolutely 100% spot on, actual factual. But one of them, I'm not saying it's made up completely out of the ether, but 
Uh, it's got some major, major factual flaws in it. Uh, all you have to do is suss out which is the one among us that is not supposed to be there. Uh, it can't get much easier than that. What do you think? <laughs> well, sounds like I have a one in four chance. You know, you're not the first person to say that. You probably won't be the last. Uh, indeed, um, you know, and, and the folks playing along at home, well, they have a chance to beat you by getting it right when you don't. And even if you do get it right, if they get it right too, hey, it's it's still a push. So really, the folks at home, it's hard for them to lose in this one. That's basically what we're going to do. But, you know, we're going to give you at least some say in the questions, uh, the, the facts that you, you get by... Uh, picking from the 12 questions that I have prepared for today. Each of the four uh, groups of facts are kind of based on the same theme. I'm going to give you the offer of three themes and you'll get to pick one. Uh, but we're going to randomly select. So why don't you give me uh, three numbers between one and 12? Okay. Seven, five, and 11. Seven. Five and 11 are those that you have selected. All righty, Dan. I have those three pulled out for you. And, you know, that was shooting in the dark. To give you a little more agency here, I'm going to give you those themes for those three that you have selected. And, uh, you know, want you tell me which one you'd like to try your hand at. Maybe the themes will help steer you towards one or push you away from, from another. Uh, but really, they're not giving away too much here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I say blind, all right, you're not blind. Maybe you have one eye partially open. But uh, anyway, please choose from one of the following. Would you like to play corny stories? Would you like one and done? Or would you like to try your hand at mm, what you say? So that's corny <laughs> stories, one and done, and Mm, what you say? Hmm. So corny story. One and done sounds like some kind of sports related thing. So it could be like, you know, your basketball, uh, college basketball or something like that, which I kind of stay away from that. That's not really my thing. Corny sounds like, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Something from the Midwest. I don't know. Something. <laughs> mm, what you say sounds like, I don't know, James, something James, James Brown would say. So I'm going to go with the, mm, what you say. What you say is what you're going for. Excellent. Uh, that will be our playing field for this adventure. Here's how it's going to work. Uh, I'll tell you what the theme's about, and then I will read off four facts. Well, three facts and one fiction. Your job is, by the end of the episode, to suss out that fiction. Uh, I'm going to read fact one. Uh, it is fairly lengthy. So uh, you can take notes if you want. Uh, keywords. Don't try and write the whole thing down, but you may want to write keywords and phrases. Uh, and after I read that first one, you are free to interrogate me in any way you see fit to, uh, you know, maybe you need clarification on what I said. You're, you, you just want to delve in a little bit deeper for information and probe away. Uh, I want to make sure you understand exactly what I'm saying here. Uh, and then we'll move on to the next one and so on and so forth until all four have been said. Uh, I will let you know. And of course, the audience already knows this, having heard several episodes by now. Uh, the fiction, the thing that makes it the fiction is not going to be something picky and nitpicky. So, for example, 
if I said that something happened in 1973, the trick is not that it's a fiction because it happened in 1974. We're not trying to be that thin slice at that much. It's going to be something major that either changes the entire meaning of the fact, or perhaps I did invent it entirely. More often is the case, uh, it's a lot of it is true, but one major detail has been changed to make this horribly, horribly false. The, the point of the game is that at the end, when I reveal the fiction, uh, you'll know why it's the fiction and you won't have any quibble with me declaring it the fiction. Do okay. we understand the... the, the I think the, so, yeah. Just so I, so I can ask questions, clarify. Yes, and please do. Oh, wow. I mean, that's the point. It's an audio okay. podcast. Right. It, it, this, this game will be over very quickly if you go, nope, 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 yep. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's not the point here. So let's get this game started here. Which one of these four facts is not true? That's your question. It's always the question. Uh, the category is, mm, what'd you say? And mm, what'd you say is that you thought it might be a James Brown sort of thing. Uh, no, it is, of course, the uh, Imogen Heap song, Hide and Seek. Uh, mm, what'd you say? That you oh, yeah. That. Well, yeah, that... And okay. it, this entire uh, round is about lyrics and songs and meanings of songs. Uh, these are three facts about the meanings, the inspirations, the, the what, 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 what do these songs mean? Three of them are actual factual. One of them is a fiction. Let's see how you do. We'll start with fact number one. Although Queen Elizabeth II and the rest of her clan are still considered to be the monarchs of New Zealand, Lord's 2013 ditty about royals have about as much to do with Buckingham Palace as Meghan Markle does these days. Uh, in reality, the singer was leafing through some old issues of National Geographic from the 1970s and happened to see a picture of third baseman George Brett surrounded by autograph-seeking fans. In that instant, the word royals became her jumping-off point for a song about fame and luxury. So I know a little bit about this, actually. <laughs> I've definitely heard that the song was inspired by George Brett. I've definitely heard that before. I'm intrigued about the National Geographic reference in your, your fact there. I'm not really like, sure why George Brett would have been a National Geographic graphic seems a little suspicious to me <laughs> yeah well uh national geographic uh, over the years has covered many many subjects it just so happened that george brett was in his uniform and uh, uh seeking adoring fans uh, you know you know how baseball fans are at, at the side of the uh the outfield before a game after a game yeah, sign this sign this sign this uh, a national geographic uh, photographer just happened to be uh through going through Missouri and uh, doing a feature on on Missouri at the time for National Geographic and came across uh, you know baseball part 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 of the part of the sport uh, took the picture made it hmm. into the magazine yeah interesting yeah I'm not sure I would believe that but well that's definitely uh, well, that's makes the part me, of the game makes right? me very skeptical mm -hmm. obviously you know uh, Queen Elizabeth I, I definitely know it's not about royalty so I know it's definitely about a George Brett. But where she got the inspiration, I'm not not quite sure about that piece of it. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions about that one. I think it's. Oh, uh... <laughs> well, that's that's perfectly fair. If you, if you feel that, I mean, you since you kind of uh, 
heard about it all, all before, then that's, that's all the more reason for us to move on. So moving on, here is fact number uh, two. Uh, lead singer Scott Stapp is the stepson of a Pentecostal minister. And he formed the band Creed in order to perform songs steeped in messages and imagery of Christian theology. And that's why many people thought that their song Higher was some sort of not so thinly veiled play on words where the band was really talking about God taking you higher in contrast to most other bands of the day who probably would be talking about drugs taking you higher. However, in this case, Stepp says the band is actually talking about drugs. I'm asking the question, can you take me higher? And the answer is no. Hmm. Did he specify any kind of specific drugs that he was talking about? Uh, not in the interview that I uh, heard. Okay. I mean, I know Creed is, I don't know much about Creed. Don't really listen to Creed. So. Oh, I know you're a classic Creed, Creedy. <laughs> <laughs> Creeder, Creedus, Creedist, a Creedian, Creedian. Wow, I don't know. I know Creed. Yeah, I know Creed does like a lot of like semi-religious themes. So wow, that's a that's a that's an interesting one. I don't really know the song higher at all. Probably I recognize if I heard it, but um, wow. I would believe that he's a he's a son of a Pentecostal minister. I probably believe I definitely believe that. Um, wow, I don't know. That's that seems that's that that one. I I don't know. Hmm. That's I would I would tend to think that one might be that one might be false, but it's hard hard to say right now. <laughs> these are very. You, know, you don't have to make a final decision. To no, no, no. Of course not. I have to hear everything. Of course, yes. Wow, this is very difficult, isn't it? You're not making this easy on me, AJ. That is the plan, yes. <laughs> four episodes down, four people saying, wow, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is easy. Sure, no problem. Wow. Um, okay, well, yeah, I mean, Creed is definitely known for their, you know, semi-religious stuff. But beyond that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up your day job. Yeah, that's about as much credit as you're going to get from me. Uh, are you ready to move on? Or you got more? Uh... Uh, I think I'm okay. I'm ready to move on. Okay. Then I let's move gone. on to fact number three. Sure, Sarah McLaughlin's haunting melody, Angel, has been co-opted by and become virtually synonymous with the ASPCA. However, the original inspiration for the song had nothing at all to do with the prevention of animal cruelty. Uh, exhausted and burned out after two years on tour and in the recording studio, McLaughlin read an article about the heroin overdose of Smashing Pumpkins keyboard player Jonathan Melvoin. Although she'd never used drugs herself, in that moment she understood why someone, especially a touring musician, might want to escape in that way. She ended up writing the song in about three hours. That's it, huh? <laughs> Just as long as the other two. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I know the Smashing Pumpkins guy, you know, OD'd. That's, 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 that part's definitely true, I think. Pretty sure about that. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, it'd be pretty cruel of me to invent, invent a death of someone uh, who is famous. Yeah. 
Um, not a big Sarah McLaughlin fan. I know a few of their songs, her songs, but beyond that, I guess I'm sure I've heard this. I'm sure I've heard this one before. Uh, yeah, this is this is a song. Uh, if you're ever up uh, late at night, you get uh, lots of commercials for drugs. You get a lot of commercials uh, for uh, certain phone numbers where certain people are waiting to talk to you, be they uh, of the alluring <laughs> variety or the psychic variety. <laughs> Uh, and you get either Sally Struthers uh, over just the price of a cup of coffee. You could help starving children in Africa. Or you get in the arms of an angel. Uh, okay, that's that's okay. Far away with, with <laughs> pitiful puppies behind bars in, in pounds. Oh, it's just, oh, it's horrific. Okay. Well, um, yeah, that that does seem it definitely seems plausible. I'm not sure exactly when that was song was written. I'm not sure what when that song came out too. So that could that could be a clue to whether that's actually well, it was before the whether it was whether it was after the uh, the Smashing Pumpkins guy OD'd. Well, so. I certainly uh, you know these are the things that uh, you're certainly well uh, well within your rights to ask me. Uh, so that's yeah, when a did, when did when when did the song come out? Um, well, I, I, <laughs> I will be happy to, uh, answer the question that, uh, the uh, studio album from which this song was, uh, released came out in 1997. I will not answer the other half of the equation. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Well, I know that I know Smashing Pumpkins was really big in like the mid nineties. So never really paid attention never really listened to smashing pumpkins too much myself either okay well yeah i i i don't know about that one <laughs> it's a difficult one they're all they're all very difficult but okay yes and my job is to make them equally difficult all right well, you're doing a good job so far <laughs> as the brutal taskmaster that i am are you ready for yeah. uh, fact number four sure all right uh fact number four when bonnie tyler's hit single total eclipse of the heart was written by Jim Steinman. Uh, his original title for the song was Vampires in Love. At the time that he wrote it, he was working on the music for a Broadway musical based on Nosferatu. Uh, and he was trying to create lyrics about the power of darkness in love, and he came up with this song. Uh, eventually, he did include Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, which is the very now familiar song from Bonnie Tyler, in the 2002 Broadway show Dance of the Vampires, which starred Michael Crawford and Rene Abergenois. Uh, the musical, however, uh, was a very big uh, flop. Uh, it closed after just 56 performances and it lost $12 million. Wow. So this one, I'm, I'm actually a little bit familiar with this. There's a podcast I listened to called Hit Parade. It's a Slate podcast. And they did a whole they did a whole episode all about Jim Steinman, and it was all about Bonnie. And they meant to talk about Bonnie Tyler. So the vampires in love thing is is definitely a thing. And actually, I know I know I know I think one of these songs actually there was a show he did he did and he wrote a musical when he was in high school, and they had some clips of it. And he actually had this line turn around bright eyes, which is in the song from <laughs> from this musical that he wrote when he was still in high school. And so I think I'm not sure about the Broadway flop part 
but I think I know the vampires in love part is for sure like a real a real thing because I definitely remember his listening to this podcast is not I don't know sometime in the last year or something when they, yeah when well they as you about, know about some of the best that. fictions are born from fact so uh <laughs> certainly uh, uh large chunks of the fiction will be will be true even though there right. might be one thing that's horrifically uh, wrong with it but certainly uh, if you if you know that that's true that at least eliminates uh half of this fact or yeah. <laughs> a, good, a good chunk of it yeah jim steinman uh pretty much i mean synonymous with meatloaf in his career yes. uh, with the with the uh bat out of hell <laughs> Yeah, bad uh, out of hell too. Less bombastic less, uh, uh, music. <laughs> very, uh, shall we say, uh, operatic. <laughs> yes, operatic. Exactly. Exactly. Indeed. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah. so what was the name of the what was the name of the Broadway show that flopped? Uh, the name of the yeah. show that flopped was Dance of the Vampires. Um, he was able to cast uh, Phantom of the Opera alum Michael Crawford in this in this uh, musical and uh he was it was it, in many ways it was kind of a uh uh a riff on the whole you know there's the vampire and then there's the vampire hunter it wasn't quite van helsing but you know it took elements of that kind of a story where you know dracula type character is singing his songs and there's a, a snooty uh Vampire Hunter out 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 to get him, played by Rene Abergenois. Mm. Are you familiar with Rene Abergenois, who we of course from lost? Benson, yes, Benson, and of course from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yes, uh, Clayton Endicott the Third on Benson and Odo, <laughs> the shapeshifter on Deep Space yes. Nine. Yes. Um. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Hmm. Okay, well, and Total Eclipse of the Heart that came out like that was in the eighties, I think. It was like yeah, it was. I believe it was. I believe it was an eighties song. Uh, you know, it actually gained some popularity probably around. I want to say around two thousand. It it it. Uh, I may have the year wrong by by you know a yeah. little bit, but uh, there was this there was this thing on YouTube where they started doing what were called literal videos. I don't know if you've heard of these. Yes, yes, yes. I've yeah, seen so, that one. I've seen yeah. that one for Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. So the guy, the guy went around doing, uh, or, you know, create his own own lyrics and do his own version of the song, but it was to the music video, and all, all the lyrics describe what was happening in the video. And uh, the one for Total Eclipse of the Heart was probably the best of the bunch. Yeah, I've definitely. It's kind of like the old. It's kind of like the old VH1 VH1 pop up pop up videos where they used to have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a similar context, whereas that was actually giving you facts and no fictions. Uh, this were fictitious <laughs> lyrics, but they they uh, described what was going on on screen. It was pretty, yeah, that's pretty... a weird video. I remember it was a very bizarre, a very bizarre video. Yeah, bon, Bonnie is the uh, the headmistress of some sort of boarding school for <laughs> for young boys who also sing in a choir, and yet at night uh, there's there's fencing going on and motorcycle gangs and. Uh, demonic uh, stuff happening there. <laughs> yeah, including, including the boy with bright eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, they had the people with the glowing eyes. They had the, the creepy people with the glowing eyes. Yeah, uh, I do yes. remember that. It was very, lots of, very, there was lots very, of smoke machine. There was lots of dry ice smoke machines in that video too that I remember. Yeah, I think it's what happens if you were to take uh, uh, the romance novels of the time and mash them up with Harry Potter. <laughs> 
and you'd get that video. But uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, anything else you'd like to ask me about this one or any of, of the ones we can go back and uh, you could ask more on any of them. Uh, or, you know, you could hold out for a hero. You can give your answer now. I, <laughs> you can start to narrow it down. What uh, was the name of the guy and uh, number three, the, the smashing pumpkins guy who OD'd uh, on heroin? Yeah. Jonathan Melvoin is his okay. name. I don't believe he was part of the band proper. I believe he was just a touring uh, keyboard player with them. So oh, I okay. don't know if he's, uh, don't think he was part of the I don't even know if four. I could name anybody from Smashing Pumpkins, except like Shannon Hoon or something. Yeah, no, that's Blind Melon. That's, that's Blind, Blind Melon. Melon. See, I always yes. get those confused. Um, no, I think the same thing. Yeah, Billy Corgan was. <laughs> Billy Corgan, singer. oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Darcy was uh, the female member of the group. Uh, uh, Jonathan Eha was. Uh, oh, right, the guitar player. Yeah, the guitar player James, and I, James Eha. James E. James Eha. Thank you. He comes up in the crossword puzzle. That's the only reason I know his name. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, as a weird. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking and <laughs> reading Jonathan Melvoin uh, as I said that. Yeah, uh, James. I saw them in concert recently, and uh, and James uh, Eha came back for for the tour, and they were they performed for like three hours. It was amazing. Wow. Darcy wasn't there, but um, I don't remember the drummer's name. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a really good show. I I I. I I had forgotten how many of their songs I actually knew when, you know, you put on a, like a three hour show and I'm like, you're in like hour two. And it's like, it's not like, here's our new stuff. It's like, and here's another one of the hits. Like, oh, I know that one too. I know that one too. I was actually, I actually enjoyed it a lot. He opened the show, Billy Corgan with, uh, with a song uh, about uh, the, I used to be a little boy song uh, mm -hmm. that, 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 and then he closed with, with the song and brought his own son on stage. Oh, that's and cool. He said, he said he, every night I put him to bed uh, with, with, with the final <laughs> song and he comes on his pajamas. It was, it was really touching. I, I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> oh, boy. So now I have to make a decision. All right. I can ask more questions. I don't know if I have any more. I mean, the Royals one is like there's one piece that, you know, I'm all suspicious of. Yeah, if you want to delve more into that, that's fine. If you, if you are satisfied, then that's fine, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I, can <laughs> I don't know if I can ask any more questions now. Okay, very good. Hmm. Then uh, why don't you uh, talk out your uh, elimination process and uh, one by one uh, knock some out and uh, All right. answer your question. <laughs> Boy, this is tough. Well, I guess I'll start with Creed. It seems like, it seems pretty, pl it seems plausible that the higher one could be about drugs. I don't really know. I really don't, I don't know about much about Creed. Like other, if they're like, straight edge like you know non-drug using people or what the deal is with them yeah i'm not I, that I, seems I mean, like i don't know that they were necessarily straight edge per se but i mean certainly the the image of the band was uh, you know yeah. they were christian christian rock but not like you know they were on the pop rock scene right but they, oh they yeah, were yeah, yeah very christian Crossover. and all all of the imagery of their videos was very much jesus-y right Scott Stapp with his when when he sings arms wide open he goes into the crucifixion pose right, you know right. like there's nothing veiled about the, yes. that kind of stuff yeah mm, yeah that one that one seems like it might be true so I think I'm gonna maybe eliminate that one put a big question mark or an X or something um, Sarah McLaughlin I could believe that it seems like it's probably around the right time period. Um, could have been inspired by by the Smashing Pumpkins dude. Um, 
Royals, I feel like it's between one and four. I mean, I know I've definitely read about Royals being inspired by George Brett, and I'm like, I don't know, but I just don't know if it was National Geographic. It just seems really weird, but could be weird enough to be true. And I don't know about. I'm trying to remember. I don't. I'm trying to remember on this podcast. I listened to it to see if they. If I'm trying to remember if they mentioned any kind of. I mean, Broadway flop that that lost twelve million dollars. I think I might have heard of heard of that at some point. I mean, like that's a big num. That's a big number. I mean, I know they were making. I thought they were making like a bad out of. I thought they were planning to do some kind of jukebox musical for. Um, Maybe they did. Maybe they did a jukebox musical for Meatloaf's songs that Jim Steinman actually did. So I'm wondering if that's that's what really happened instead of this whole Dance of the Vampires thing. So I'm kind of leaning towards Bonnie Tyler, actually, as the fake one. Can I get any more clues <laughs> out of this? I'm hopeful. Oh, boy. So I have to make a decision, huh? I think I'm going to guess... I think I'm going to guess it's 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 the Bonnie Tyler because I just feel like I don't know I probably would have heard I mean I'm not like a huge like you know I don't I don't track everything that's going on on Broadway but I feel like I I might have I might have heard of that and I feel like it might have been in the and if it was if they should they probably would have mentioned it in this whole Jim Steinman podcast I don't think that I don't think it was mentioned of course I could be misremembering because you know I'm I'm middle aged I'm middle aged so I can't remember everything anymore as much as I used to. Oh, I feel you. So, <laughs> pretty sure you're younger than me. Uh, so, are we going to lock in? Uh, All right, I'm going to. I'm going to. I guess I'm going to lock in with with Bonnie with Bonnie Tyler and and Jim Steinman. Excellent. Alrighty, you have selected fact number four as the fiction. Let's start the reveal. Obviously, we'll save that for a little bit here. You're almost 100 percent sure. Uh, I think that uh, Sarah McLaughlin and uh, Angel could have been, should have been, would have been inspired by the death of the Smashing Pumpkins keyboard player, Jonathan Melvoin. And indeed, that is a fact. You. Uh, yeah. She, Woohoo, I got one. Yeah, right. she just happened to like see her, uh, I believe it was a Rolling Stone article. She just like, you know, sitting down. She just got back from a long tour and just sat down and she's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm exhausted. I, if I was doing drugs, I'd want to do a lot of drugs. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she totally just wrote the whole thing and kind of like was touched by it. Never met him, uh, but uh, was inspired. And uh, now uh, we can all be browbeaten into pet adoption. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's anything wrong with that? No, absolutely not. Pet uh, adoption. I, I highly recommend it. I have two, two lovely uh, shelter rescue cats here myself. Uh, Jinx and Mr. Jones. So, uh, all right. So that one, true, 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 true. You were very, 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 very skeptical, however, about the complete story behind George Brett and the Royals and why on earth would Lord use that for inspiration and why was she looking at National Geographic and all that stuff. And that, Dan, is also 100% true. Yes. Uh, it was 1976, and it was bicentennial time, and uh, the July issue was coming up, and uh, National Geographic said, what's more America than the state of Missouri? <laughs> and they sent a reporter there to just do some articles uh, about Missouri, and what does it look like today, and what does America look like today, and baseball, 
hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Like, right. they, <laughs> it, is, it is pretty much the only uh, one of the only sports pictures in a National Geographic because usually that's not their thing, and there was Sports right. Illustrated, but. Yeah, the picture of George Brett appeared in, in the uh, July 1976 issue. Uh, interestingly enough, the photographer uh, remembers that the other piece that he was tasked with shooting for that uh, issue was about George Washington, uh, specifically the idea that he is the founding father who refused to become a royal. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, it, yeah, that's cool. Thematically, uh, you know, sometimes coincidence, sometimes not. But you know, there you go. It, it, it yeah. all came together, and uh, Lord had a big hit, uh, and then Weird Al had a even more entertaining hit by saying <laughs> aluminum foil. Foil. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one. Uh, it's, 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 it was one of the newer ones, obviously. Okay. Uh, and mm. uh, Patton Oswalt is in the video because the, the song the song itself takes a turn halfway through. Is you know. It's talking. He's talking about uh, aluminum foil wrapping up your food and how it's wonderful to preserve food because you know Weird Al loves his food songs. And then halfway yes, through, course. it kind of turns to uh, the lizards are coming to get me, and uh, I'm putting the aluminum foil on my head to shield oh. myself from the rain. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's I'll Weird have to check that one out. Weird Al at his finest. Um, I like Weird Al. All right, we're down to two. Uh, will you become the first person? in this format's history to suss out the fiction <laughs> or will once again the evil taskmaster rule the day we've got creed we've got total eclipse of the heart you say total eclipse of the heart is the fiction and dan you need to congratulate me because oh, <laughs> total eclipse of the heart is totally God. true 100 percent uh yeah so jim close steinman, jim steinman originally wrote the song for a musical called uh, based on nosferatu called vampires in love and then years later said damn it i'm doing a vampire musical <laughs> you can't stop me uh well in about seven weeks the audience is voted <laughs> <laughs> and said we are going to stop you uh, $12 million down the drain. Apparently Michael Crawford was a, was a monster to work with. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just never, never went anywhere. Wow. Not, not exactly, uh, the flop that, uh, turn off the dark was, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one I was that lost a lot of money. That's a lot more than $12 million. Yes. Which means that the fiction this week is indeed all about my sacrifice. <laughs> With arms wide open. Yes, Creed. The song Higher has nothing at all to do with God and has nothing at all to do with drugs, but rather uh, lucid dreaming. The first line of the song is about when dreaming, I'm guided to another world. Yes, yeah, Scott Stapp was having this recurring nightmare uh, over and over again, the same dream where a uh, man with a gun was chasing after him and shooting him and killing him. And he'd wake up and, uh, you know, be, you know, just sweating and everything. And just, he needed to find a way to stop this nightmare from occurring. And so he found out about lucid dreaming and tried the technique. And after years of turning left and turning left and turning left in his dream, he was finally able to turn right and evade the gunman and uh you know i'm not going to get into uh <laughs> dream analysis and what that might mean but uh suffice to say 
uh, he never had the dream again. Wow. <laughs> Once he wrote the lyrics to this song. To his so, lyrics to the song. He got it out of his system. Got it out of his system. Um, I took a whole course on college about dream interpretation and all that stuff. And we had to write to dream journals and try lucid dreaming and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I and did you slay that. your gunman? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have those scary dreams. Indeed. Well, I had a lot of weird dreams back then. It appears that once again, my my uh, hot seat residents are turning left and turning left and turning left. One of these days, one of you guys is going to turn right and, and catch that fiction out. Has not happened yet, but it's not really about that. It's about the friends we met along the way, and you certainly, sir, were one of them. I hope you had a good time in the hot seat. If uh, Before you go, you're going to leave the hot seat. Oh, yes, please get out of my hot seat, but not yet. I'm going to you know, be generous here, give you the floor. If there's anything you'd like to say, pimp, plug, shout out to, complain about, now is the time because the floor, as they say, is yours. Uh, well, shout out to my family. Right now we have an empty nest house, so my wife and I are the only ones home at the moment. And one of my daughters all, my one daughter is out of college, so she's sort of living, not living at home anymore. The other one is, uh, is uh, in college, so she's off at school for another week or two before she comes back so shout out to donna and uh, nico and, and leah my, my wife and my two daughters and uh i don't know spay and neuter your pets adopt a pet if you don't have a pet <laughs> indeed it just just you know, whatever you do just do it and <laughs> don't let that sarah mclaughlin song and do it anyway shape or form right. in the negative <laughs> i don't think it's really an, it helps you towards the positive there i know it's for me it's it's uh to Pavlov <laughs> to change the channel <laughs> real quick there uh, well uh, it, it was fun on my end I thank you so much for taking part uh, if you out there would like to take part you know it's, it's, it's not that scary in the hot seat uh, you know just a little bit hey. scary it's a little bit scary. All right. Well, reach out at bmgpod, uh, uh, bmgpod at gmail.com. You can send an email or you can join our Facebook group, Beat My Guest, the Fans Hot Seat. And if you'd like to contribute to the cause to make more episodes like this happen, uh, hey, I'm not going to say no to a little uh, help along the way. Patreon.com slash Beat My Guest. And get out my hot seat. The rest of you, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another brand new episode. Until then, take care and bye bye. Did you beat our guest, or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Beat My Guest, the fans' hot seat. If you'd like to help contribute to the cause and help make more episodes possible, we ain't gonna say no to that. Find us at patreon.com slash beatmyguest. And if you liked what you heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Mm, what you say? Mm, that you only meant well, well, of course you did. Mm, what you say? Mm.